Hi everyone, I'm so excited to present the official first episode of season two. It is so crazy to think that I had 23 guests last season. That's right, 23. So just know that I have some exciting people lined up. Tell your friends, your family, your grocery store cashier, whoever you love talking to about the podcast. It's really grown since the first episode and it's because of word of mouth. So I'm going to switch gears here to this week's lovely guests. We met in San Antonio, Texas back in October. And if you don't have it yet, you'll have to snag a copy of her latest cookbook named California Soul. Tanya Holland has appeared on Top Chef, Food Network's The Melting Pot, Selena and Chef was the host of Tanya's Kitchen Table and many more appearances. She was also the owner of the esteemed restaurant Brown Sugar Kitchen in Oakland, California, where the city of Oakland actually declared June 5th, 2012 as Tanya Holliday for her culinary work in the community. It is my pleasure to introduce the talented Tanya Holland. holiday decor in the back all the reds i mean that's my year round i love red le creuset that's my color of le creuset so i have tons of it (laughs) (laughs) i just moved so i had zero christmas decorations and i bought these random red pillows that really don't match my apartment at all (laughs) but i just i needed it to feel festive (laughs) yeah i hear you yeah, I I don't have much in terms of decor. A friend brought me some holiday flowers and I have like, I just like, I'm by myself and I'm like, I don't know, getting a tree. Like I grew up with live trees and then, okay. you know, but then you got to clean up all the needles. And then I was like, should I get an artificial tree? But I'm going to Tennessee for Christmas. So I'm like, eh, I can't bother this year. <laughs> Yeah, I did the same thing because I was home for Thanksgiving and then I came back and I should have ordered a mini tree like before yeah. the holiday because then I was like, well, now I'm just going to go back for Christmas in two weeks. So yeah, literally no point. <laughs> where, where are you and where are you going? I am. On the, I'm in California now. Yeah. But I am from Connecticut. So. Oh, OK. What town? Monroe, Connecticut. I saw your, you lived in Hartford for a little bit. Well, I was born there and um, was just there till the age of two, but definitely have friends and family as well. Oh, okay. So Monroe is like near Bridgeport, if you know the area. Yeah. Got it. Probably like 10 minutes and then like Fairfield County. Yep. Pretty much 20 minutes to get to any good restaurant. So (laughs) (laughs) cool. And where are you in California? I'm in LA, so West Hollywood. Okay. Nice. Mm hmm. Yeah, I moved here in May, and I'm not excited to go back to the cold. Uh, I really do, yeah. There's a lot more to do than my um, hometown, that's for sure. I could go to coffee shops, work. I could. Yeah. You moved, oh, you moved directly from Connecticut. I did, yeah. Oh, wow. I did. It was a big change. That's a big change, yeah. I drove from Connecticut with my dad, too, all the way here. Oh, wow. Wow. I needed a car. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, amazing that's cool yeah it was very cool it was a really cool road trip i've never seen a lot of the u.s i've seen a lot of europe and stuff which is yeah. like a really great privilege but i haven't seen as much of the u.s and the u.s was beautiful when i was going through it yeah there's so much 
there's so much to see. It's so big. <laughs> mm -hmm. Where in yeah. Tennessee are you headed? Chattanooga. My sister lives in Chattanooga. Oh, so she Have you hosts... ever been there? I have not. I've only been to Nashville, of course. Okay. Yeah, Nashville is fun. <laughs> um, yeah, Chattanooga is a really cute community, and she lives, like, up on the mountain. It's called Signal Mountain, and uh, it's really pretty. I don't know oh. we, if we'll have snow or not. We might, but uh, we'll see. And I have two young nieces, uh, seven and ten, Aww. so it should be fun. Oh, so you're probably excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you cooking for them? I'll cook some for them, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we sure. haven't planned it out yet, but I have a feeling. Yeah, I know. Well, that's your one. That's your thing. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask it's you one, too. Of, one of my things. Exactly. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on, though. So thank you so much for coming on. It's really good to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Of course, of course. So for some background for listeners, we briefly met at the Tasting Texas event. So that was in San Antonio. It was very hot. <laughs> I was sweating yep. all day. But you did a wonderful cooking demo. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. You made lamb. I yes, I made collard green pesto lamb. So it's a collard green and almond pesto uh, that coats the lamb chops. It was so good. Like I, I'm not a big lamb person. I ate a lot of lamb that weekend, but <laughs> I'm not a big lamb person. And that was literally the best lamb I've ever had. So thank you. Yeah, I like I like lamb. You know, it's we yeah we could eat more of it. I mean, it's more sustainable than beef and. It's good. It's good meat. It is. It is. And pesto makes everything better. Yep. That's <laughs> so, all you need. So let's get into your background a little bit. You were born in Hartford, but then you moved to Rochester, New York. Yeah. With soul food being your main focus now, how was that incorporated into your family life when you were young? Uh, well, it was definitely a big part because... My parents are from the South, from Virginia and Louisiana. And, you know, when they first start entertaining uh, in the home that they bought in Rochester, they would cook that food and welcome their friends over to kind of introduce their background to their friends. And then some of their friends had similar backgrounds. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember, like, us, we were in the suburbs, but we would go into the city to restaurants that uh, specialized in soul food. There was, like, Smitty's Barbecue, and they also uh, would drive to Toronto to go to a restaurant called the Underground Railroad, which is a little bit more upscale soul food. Nice. So it was just like always in search of good food eating experiences. Oh, who isn't? Yeah, right. A good eating experience. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd love to talk about your schooling because you got your BA in Russian language and literature. I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> what was yeah. the translation there? Like, what made you go for that? Well, you know, I applied to all engineering schools um, because my dad was an engineer and he th and I was excelling in math and science. And they thought, you know, let's you should go that path because there's going to be lots of jobs. And I didn't get into UVA's engineering school, but I was taking the prerequisites to transfer. And I took Russian as an elective. I'd been introduced to it after school and high school by my French teacher. And my name is a Russian name, so I just thought, like, oh, I want to learn the language of, you know, that sounds interesting. And yeah. I was doing really well in the language in um, college, and I really enjoyed the literature. 
And I liked mm -hmm. the linguistics. And so that was the degree, language and literature and linguistics. Um, and it was a small department. So I really got to know my professors, you know, small department in a big school. And I was able to visit there in 1985. It was my first trip abroad. Um, it was very enlightening, so cool. eye-opening, yeah, and yeah. impactful. And uh, yeah, so that's why I majored in it. <laughs> and then when that's I graduated, why. all the um, opportunities were really like military applications and wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, they were starting to send some advertising execs over there and I was in advertising for a while, but it was a long time before, you know, there was that window of time where there was Western businesses developing in Russia uh, after Glasnost, but, you know, obviously before Putin, um, there was a nice little window of development, but I didn't make it over there, but I do get to use it occasionally. Um, in 2015, I received uh, an email from the United States Department saying oh, okay. that they've been requested for me to come to Kazakhstan as a culinary diplomat. So I went over there Whoa. for, yeah, I went over there for two weeks and I traveled all around the country. The foreign service officer was from Kentucky and he really missed Southern soul food. And he wanted to commemorate the 150th an anniversary of the emancipation of slaves that was that year. Wow. And um, show the Kazakhs, um, you know, uh, more about African-American heritage through food. So I did cooking mm -hmm. demos. I visited schools and I did talks. I did some media. And then I also uh, cooked with a couple, uh, one Kazakh chef and one Uzbek chef who they just make this great dish called plov, which is a peel off. But it's just like, oh, my God, it's so good. <laughs> What an experience. Yeah. That sounds so incredible. It was amazing. Do you speak fluently, I would guess? No, or? no, no. I, no, I can, no. like, understand some now. I mean, you have to really be immersed, and then it's been years since I've really studied it. Right, right. But uh, I speak French better because I, I lived in France for almost a year and a half. So, And I studied French longer, eight years. Russian I studied for. Was there a lot of crossover between kind of Russian food and the soul food that you were bringing there or was it totally opposite? I'm not really that well cultured in like Russian. Food, oh yeah. So no, scared. not at all. There's not any similarity. Um, but you know, we were able to find some ingredients and, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like so many ingredients are found in the, uh, different cultures, but used in very different mm -hmm. ways, you know, but you know, had to definitely, bring in I may I don't know if I brought cornmeal with me if they were able to find it because I know we made cornbread um Ooh. but yeah in the in Almaty there's a lot of expats there's a big chevron community there so um they okay. were really excited to have the food <laughs> oh well yeah cornbread yeah is one of the best I I started making that I mentioned this on this podcast previously but I started making that for Thanksgiving every year and I actually do a gluten-free version but you couldn't even tell yeah. like sometimes the gluten-free recipes are better than the regular to me yeah sometimes <laughs> right <laughs> but um, that particular one it was just it's so good and I made like double the batches for leftovers because I know everyone's gonna have like three pieces <laughs> <laughs> that's nice yeah and it makes the best stuffing if you make it ahead of time it makes such a great stuffing Oh, cornbread stuffing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I never really thought of that. I gotta try that. That sounds so good. Yeah. You mentioned your time in France, but I would love to hear about that. How did that kind of lead to your career as a chef? Yeah, um, you know, I had been working in the front of the house for seven years, three years in college, four years after. Mm -hmm. And while I was always, I mean, most of the time it was to supplement other work. Like I worked at a newspaper, I was working for an advertising agency, and then um, I fell into this job at a catering company where I was the office manager and just really mm-hmm. started falling in love with the industry and thought like, wow, this could be a great industry for me and doesn't feel like a job. And mm-hmm. there's so many avenues I can explore and always be learning something. That was just really important to me to always be challenged and stimulated and have opportunity. And I thought I could maybe own my own restaurant at some point. So I started kind of looking at, you know, successful restaurants, most, many of them were chef owners. Um, some were okay. restaurant tours, but restaurant tours who really knew the food. And I was advised to like, you have to know the food if you're going to be a restaurant tour, because, you know, if you hire mm-hmm. a chef, you have to understand, you know, what's possible, what they're capable of, how to watch the cost, um, so right. that they don't take advantage or, you know, maybe they don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I had always also wanted to live and work in France after studying it for eight years. So it was just like a perfect, you know, opportunity. And I found this school through someone who came into the catering company where she worked in exchange for her credits, La Varenne in Burgundy. And she hand delivered my resume and they had a position for me. So it was, yeah, it was a stage where I would wash dishes, assist the chefs, um, for mm-hmm. a couple weeks, and then I would get a, a class every couple weeks, and then at the end we would have a little bit more intensive, and then we had an exam, and it was like a nine month program. But I stayed; it was closed uh, in between two of the semesters, and I stayed a little bit longer and worked in a couple restaurants. So it was a really incredible experience. Oh, I believe that. I feel like just being a, a somewhere new, whether it's like abroad or somewhere just out of your comfort zone really, really pushes you Absolutely. to just look at food or whatever career you're looking at differently. Yes. Yes. That's it, incredible. Yeah, it is. It's, it's what is necessary for personal growth. I think, you know, it's just really, you know, and, and it totally just agree. prepares you for other situations because life is always going to be full of challenges. And, you know, the more you get comfortable with, discomfort, (laughs) you know, the more you can, you know, grow and understand the world. I totally agree with that. I am the queen of taking risks when I have no business doing so. (laughs) But I feel like, oh. Yeah, yeah, same. But, you know, in the end, I think it it pays off, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, I feel like there's something that's going around now that's delusion is the solution kind of thing. Mm. And I feel like that's totally true. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when I started this podcast, they were like, people were like, Oh, who are you going to get? And I was like, I'm going to get like the coolest people. I'm going to get like the food network people that I've talked to. I'm going to get amazing chefs like you. And then I was like, 
oh, maybe I can't really do that. And then I was delusional and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, just, be I just read something by like in a book that, you know, it's kind of about coaching and mm-hmm. they said, you know, dream so big that people are going to think you're crazy. Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your ideas like, no, you're not gonna be able to do that. That's crazy. But you have mm-hmm. to, you have to go for it and believe. I totally agree. Yeah. Was was your family thinking, hey, you're crazy when you started a restaurant? Yeah, well, they thought <laughs> it was crazy for wanting to go into the hospitality industry. I mean, if you think about, mm-hmm. you know, the heritage of African-Americans were like stuck in servient, you know, being servient for so long. So it's like, why would you choose to do that? And but yet they raised me in a household where hospitality was, you know, second nature. They had a gourmet cooking club mm-hmm. and, you know, those six couples moved around once a month and cooked food and served. And so it was just, you know, something that I really enjoyed doing. And yeah, I think they thought it was a little crazy going to France, you know, I mean, nobody in my family had ever done anything like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Even um, me going abroad in college, it was like, kind of a new thing for my parents because like when they grew up they it wasn't something that people really did but now everyone picks up and goes kind of everywhere yeah. and goes on a plane all the time yeah. so it's very normalized yeah. now but I feel like at the time it was just like this wild thing going abroad you know? yeah yeah I had some friends in college that did semesters abroad and or summers okay. but that like mm-hmm. I don't know that didn't appeal to me as much because I was really enjoying my college experience I you know I didn't want to miss mm-hmm. and I remember them coming back some of them kind of a little disoriented and you know they miss like because yeah. in college like every semester you're kind of growing and developing and you know getting to know yourself yeah. and your friends and so anyways it helped their language but it just it was always kind of like hmm so I was, you know, 25 when I went and which is still pretty young and I'm just really grateful, but I had enough age to appreciate it. You know, I didn't take it for granted that I had right. that opportunity and just tried to make the most of it and learn as much as I can and travel as much as I could afford to while I was there. There wasn't a lot, but, you know, I did get to see a few other countries as well. But yeah, there's so much to explore and exploring the world through food is one of the best. Oh, I know. I'm a traveler for the food and I always, always will be. Yeah. <laughs> That'll never right. change. Same. I, I agree with that though, because I feel like when I went abroad in college, it was through such a different lens than me traveling mm. now. Because now I do appreciate, I like stops, look around. I like to explore myself versus yeah. like going on tours every single yeah. day. But in college, I was just like, this is so crazy, <laughs> fun, whatever. And where were you? Where did you go abroad? I was in Florence. Oh, lovely. I've Italy. been to Florence. So, yeah, that that didn't I suck. I was eating. Yeah. <laughs> no, it did not suck. I'll never. They are, it's my whole personality. Yeah, I cried when I left Italy. I was like, oh, my God. Like, And I haven't <laughs> been back since, and I'm dying to get back. I'll get back oh at some point soon. You will. Put on your bucket list. 2024 is yep. coming. Yep, it is. Put on your bucket it is. list. I read that you worked as a line cook under Bobby Filet. What What was the timeline for that? What was the Well, I like? actually opened Mesa Grill as a server in 1991. Oh. And then okay. I went to cooking school. I was very encouraged by 
you know, I saw his career developing and, you know, I told him I was interested in food. Mm -hmm. He was encouraging. My managers were, you know, I told them I wanted to really commit to this industry. Mm -hmm. And then I cooked in Massachusetts when I came back in Boston and Martha's Vineyard. And then I went to New York, back to New York in 94. And I was a line cook there, 94, 96. Yeah. But at that time, he wasn't around a lot because he had just started doing a lot of television and um, yeah, he wasn't even in the kitchen that much at that time. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that must've been a, a really great experience for you to learn kind of coming off of your schooling and everything or well, am I jumping? <laughs> it wasn't. Um, With your reaction. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. You know, it was hard. I was really disappointed when I I was really like so hungry for knowledge and so excited to apply my mm-hmm. French techniques in American restaurants. And I came back and I was not well received. You know, people were threatened by my competence. I was not let into a lot of restaurants. I applied from afar. I showed up and they were like, uh, no. And, or I trailed, I didn't get the job or I got a job and then I was denied information and access uh to to develop and so that was really disappointing and that was his restaurant was no exception uh there was a couple young sous chefs there who yeah they just like their egos people were working with their egos instead of you know just Mm -hmm. i was just there to cook good food and to learn so it was hard but you know you take something away from every experience you're always going to run into those yeah those People that have the ego and think they know yeah. all there is to know yeah. about the world. Or, yeah, and or so, you know, insecure that they don't mm-hmm. want you, you know, to share their spotlight yeah. or whatever it is they think right. that only they can do. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I'm sure when the insecurity comes, oh, they're threatening to my career Maybe they know a little more. Maybe you're younger and you're a woman. So they're probably right. like, hmm, right, right. let me push you to the side so she doesn't get ahead of Exactly. Me. Exactly. Yes, I experienced a lot of that in my career. It's unfortunate. But in spite of all that, I still have managed to do some things. <laughs> You've done a lot of things. And I'm, I'm going to get into a few of them. <laughs> I actually, now that we're kind of talking about this concept, I was reading one of your interviews with food and wine when you were on top chef and i thought it was really interesting and this is like a big paraphrase but you kind of felt like it wasn't necessarily a fair time on the show the way that it all played out what are your thoughts on that now yeah i mean i was essentially addressing dei issues before everybody really got into it you know i mean i've been doing that most of my career um speaking out to the inequities, um, you know, and really just speaking my truth of what I've experienced, not embellishing it in any way, not feeling like I'm owed or I'm a victim, but just being like, wait, mm-hmm. this is just unequal. You know, this is calling it out. Yeah, yep. that's just that's just what's happening here. Like that that person has biases or that person's getting preferences, that person has access that I should have based on you know, the work I've already Mm -hmm. done, the schooling that I have, you know, it's just, that's all I was doing. So, but, you know, a lot of people took offense or 
couldn't wrap their heads okay. around it. It's, I mean, I look at it now because now, you know, those same shows, those same people are, you know, bringing diversity in their lives, but it seems very inauthentic to me or it's, it's perfunctory, you know, it's performative, you know, mm -hmm. I, not to say that some of the relationships might not be genuine, but it's like, okay, now you're doing it. It's about time, you know? Right. It only took like what, like 20 seasons. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. You know? So, um, yeah. And I just, you know, I just look at people, especially of my generation who could have done better, you know, especially like when I pointed out to them, you know, it was like, um, haven't you noticed, like for years, I would tell writers, I'm like, every cover of Best New Chefs from like 1990 to maybe 1998 were just like all white people and mostly men. And I was just like, you guys. I was going to say women. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you guys, um, come on, you know, and so I don't know. It just, it's just interesting. You know, I don't know how these people. I respect it a lot. Thank you. It's been hard. Really it's do. hard to I... wear that hat because then, you know, people, you know, label you as angry or difficult or, you know, they assume mm -hmm. that, like, I don't like, you know, white people or I don't like I don't know how they could do that. I mean, it's like I have <laughs> I have so many different yeah, kinds yeah. of people in my life. But I think that, right. yeah, people just. I don't know. You know, a lot of people don't want to face truths. They don't want to, like you said earlier, get out of their comfort zone. That's exactly correct. Yeah. No, well, I was reading through it and I didn't think, I didn't vision it as angry. I took it as just being honest. Thank you. Good. And I mean, I just, and I was, when you said continuation of the bro culture, I was like, get it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've experienced that in my life. Yeah, yeah. No more bro No, but... Oh, some of it is pretty toxic. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, clearly all you have to do is look around this country. We have not had a female president. Come on now. You know what I mean? Like, I know, the bro great. culture is, like... I mean, the patriarchy is... It has to be dismantled at some point because it's not serving any of us. Yes. And I don't know if you saw that uh, Lenny Kravitz made a post... He held up a sign. He's like, okay, man, you've had your turn running the world. Let's give women a try. You know, it's like something to Thank that extent. You. I was like, yeah, Lenny. Okay. <laughs> well, it is. It's like we get this like stereotype that we're emotional. But in my experience in life, men are more emotional than women. They that is are, just they're the way. sensitive. But, and they are allowed, so but they have also been allowed to express their emotions with rage and anger mm -hmm. and, oh my God, he's just like, you know, he's determined, mm -hmm. you know, so are we. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but when we're too determined, it's an issue right. or what, but then when we're not determined enough, it's an issue. It's just I like know. the balance is just like the most frustrating thing in the world. Agreed. And I'm just waiting for the day that women i feel like this was the year for women with like the barbie yep. movie like all these renaissance. cool stuff coming out and I, yeah, yeah exactly renaissance beyonce yeah all yeah. of it taylor swift yeah. killed it i'm just like i'm waiting for next year to like just amp it all up 100 percent. i'm i'm a, i'm on that same ride with you mm -hmm. <laughs> i think it's, it's coming so, i mean it's I, coming i feel yeah. it
I feel it. Would you consider doing another cooking competition show or? No, I don't want to do competition. I do want to do more shows. Um, But no, even in the past Mm -hmm. couple of years, they asked me to do tournament of champions. And I was like, you know, it's just not me. Mm -hmm. It's not how I like to relate to food. I'm not competitive in that way. And, you Mm -hmm. know, the, the way I cook, I mean, I kind of cook slow. I mean, that's why I have all these you know, Dutch ovens, like I like braises, I like marinades and all that. Those competitions are like, what can you cook in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, and I can cook dishes in that amount of time, but it's not really how I cook. And I don't know. It's just, it's not for me. No, I understand that. I mean, that's why everyone loves like Great British Baking Show and yep. like and Selena and yep. Chef. It's very calm. Yes. It's like really fun to yes. watch. You learn something. Exactly. I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't watched Hell's Kitchen from time right. to time, but I also can't watch it in long periods because it really stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And Lord knows we don't need any more stress in our lives, right? <laughs> That's exactly correct. I'm like, I don't need to watch this right. anymore. I need to just watch like a show and just learn how to braise a short rib right. and be fine. It's, <laughs> right. It's like between watching like a, you know, scary movie and versus a rom-com. Like sometimes you just want to zone out with the rom-com. It's like, I don't need my adrenaline, you know, ra- rising. It's like, I'm good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I am not the person that will ever pick a horror yeah. film. That is just <laughs> not me. <laughs> I will have nightmares for the rest of my life. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I used to be really into them. Now I'm just like, no, life is challenging enough. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you a Hallmark fan? You know, I don't watch Hallmark movies because, I mean, I probably should, though, because I know it's it's good for a good cry, usually. I've watched a couple, and I'm <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Are you? No, I can never. No, well, my mom is. Oh, okay. She's a religious Hallmark watcher. My aunt, my aunt is as well. And I never, I always resisted it. But then when she would have it on, I do that dad thing where I would stand in the back <laughs> with my arms yeah, crossed yeah. and I would just be like getting into yeah, it a little. Yeah. And then I sit down and then I'm like, Oh, this is so sad. Like something happened. But then it's like tied with a nice ribbon. Right. It's end. always resolved. And you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's always resolved. Yeah. It's always a hometown love. Right whatever yeah. the issue is. I don't know if I'll ever turn it on myself, yeah. but it, it is a nice kind of chill, get out of your own life. Exactly. Kind of Escapism. Mm-hmm. The theme. Yep. Because, so I actually watched your Selena and Chef episode. Was it difficult translating cooking instructions through a video call versus being in the actual It was. Kitchen? I mean, yeah, I'm sad that we had to do it remotely. Um, but despite that, the producer told me that the food she cooked, like, looked and tasted more like uh, what I did compared to other chefs. So she said that indicates oh. what a good teacher I am. So that was that was cool. Oh. Yeah. And I thought she did a great job. Um and, you know, again, considering it was remote, I mean, it was still fun um, for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's really sweet. She was really gracious and very cute with her grandparents. Oh, her grandparents yeah. are adorable. Yeah, and I wasn't like, really I mean, I can't say I was a fan because I didn't really know her music. I mean, I've seen her on like Saturday Night yeah. Live, and but it wasn't like I sought her out. Yeah. And I didn't really know her personality. Um 
But uh, right. she was great. I mean, I've since watched Only Murders in the Building, which is awesome. And, you know, yes, I yeah. watched it too. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, gotten to know a little bit more of her work since then. But yeah, it was it was great fun. Steve Martin and Martin Short are so They're the best. Funny. I mean, Martin Short <laughs> is like one of my favorites. He, all he has to do is like so say funny. something and I'm just like laughing. Yeah, and right, because laugh. he's just like his mannerisms <laughs> and the way he accentuates certain words, like hilarious. I always, I always loved him. He had a show for a while and he had this character, Jimmy Glick, that was just like, oh my God, hilarious, hilarious. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, look oh, for it. That sounds good. See, I know, I know Selena from the Disney days. Uh, yeah, see, like, and that's be- right, exactly. And I did not, um, yeah. But now you do, now you do. And exactly. those biscuits you made, <laughs> I think I'm gonna replicate those because they look so good. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty good, I must say, and they're they're a crowd favorite for sure. What what was the process like in choosing what to cook for that episode? Was it kind of like you going back and forth with her team, or you? Not a, not a like? lot. I mean. I think they accessed some of my recipes and they made the suggestion. I can't remember. It was so long ago and then it was COVID. So, but I thought like those are two recipes that people generally get intimidated by, but she also has that Southern heritage, you know, from Texas. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like a good, yeah, nobody else that she was cooking with for that season, you know, was cooking my genre. So that was good. They should do a all-star comeback and then have everyone who was on Zoom do it you, in person. That's a great idea. You know, maybe I'll reach out to the producers and say that. Yeah, I like that. You should. Yeah, yeah you totally should because yeah. I'd watch that. Okay. Because it's. I feel like you got like your chance, but like I feel like to teach her to do another meal. Plus, like I feel like soul food, you got to incorporate a little more. You know. Yes, and like um, also. My energy, I'm an in-person, you know, type of person. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. I love, like, feeding off of other people's energy in person. Yeah, it makes such a difference. No, it totally does. And especially when you assume that mentor role. Yes. It's, like, totally different when you're in person because you can actually show versus, like, telling. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It was definitely a good exercise, though, in terms of, you know, how I teach cooking and to have to be really Mm -hmm. specific and, um, you know, just like anticipate what they might do, you know, that might not work and, you know, kind of guide them from afar. It was interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anticipating what they might not. That's, that's totally true. You kind of have to tell them what not to do before they actually do it. Exactly. Exactly. And obviously yeah. my experience on, you know, cooking shows, I mean, help because, you know, I already kind of, <laughs> and we're in restaurants, you know, I already know a lot of some of the, the things that people might do that don't work. <laughs> right. Or especially with fried chicken. Yeah. Fried chicken can be like kind of tough if you, I mean, I guess it's assumed to be tough. Yeah, people get intimidated by frying in general. I think, you know, hot oil, it's dangerous, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and they mm-hmm. want to get it right. So it's definitely one of those, you know, dishes that is, yeah. A lot of people don't. That's why fried chicken businesses are so successful. Because so many mm-hmm. people don't want to try frying it at home. 
Yeah, yeah. Did you serve that at your restaurant in Oakland? Yeah, I did. No? That was one of the dishes that we were most known for, the chicken and the biscuits. I mean, we did fried chicken and waffles, but biscuits were also one of our biggest sellers. So Ooh. so when this episode comes out, it would have been your 16th anniversary of the restaurant, yeah. which is crazy. I know. I mean, I just think about all that time that's passed and, you know, what my you know, vision was and my goals and my plans and, you know, how it unfolded. Mm -hmm. You just can't even predict like, you know, how life is going to take you. I, I thought for sure we'd still be open. I mean, there's rarely a day that goes by that someone doesn't say like, oh, I miss Brown Sugar Kitchen. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's parts of it I miss, but you know, I like evolving and I'm working on a new project and I'm really excited about it and um, kind of getting a, back to my original vision, which was really fusing my French training with my heritage cooking. So getting more into like okay. the French part of, um, of food. So I'm excited. That's really exciting. Yeah. yeah, I feel like when those things come to an end, it's kind of what's supposed to happen. Exactly. It's like an era of your exactly. life. Exactly that you learned a lot from and you enjoyed, but yep. now it's time to move on to the next chapter. It, bit. Exactly. It's, you know, it's bittersweet, but um, growth is necessary. And, you know, even though I know a lot of people would love it if I would just cook fried chicken and waffles and biscuits my whole life, but it's <laughs> like, no, that's boring to me. You know, it's like, I've got to, I've got to yeah. grow too. And, you know, express myself I totally agree. I feel like too, when you're in a restaurant, it's just such a strict schedule. You have to get up so early in the morning. You're yep. trying Stay to take late. care of all these people. You're trying staying late. It's like, it's a commitment and a half to say the least. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And very, you know, physically and mentally exhausting. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's been an interesting two years for me and adjusting um, you know, the cookbook, California Soul, my third cookbook came out last year. So that took a lot of my energy and, you know, kept me kind of focused sure. on that. But yeah, next year is like a whole new game and I'm excited for it. You know, new projects kind of pending. Um, it'll, I'll have a lot of stuff to announce. Anything you can talk about or is it anything or no? Not yet, really. Um, okay. You know, I, I do have a new contract with Disney Cruise Lines, and I went on my Ooh. first working cruise last week. Um, I do a couple cooking demonstrations, and then I get to oh, cruise, fun. and it's fun. Like, I went on my first cruise in October with them, like, a three-day just uh -huh. to explore, and it's really great. I mean, they do an excellent job using great ingredients. Um, everybody's so happy there because it's Disney, you know, and everybody's yeah. just like, hey, you know, excited. The kids are excited. The parents are excited. Um, people are there to eat and play and have fun. So it's it was really like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a nice little break. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Fun fact, I've never been on a cruise. Oh, hey, fun fact, I just went on my yeah. first cruise in my 50s. So. Really? Okay. Yeah, so, so I got time. Don't feel bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people have it. I, I would say give it a try like it's I get it I get why people like it because it's it's all inclusive so you don't have to think you know for like a week you don't be like where do we get how do we get there where do we go you're on a boat there's nowhere to go and then when they stop in the port you get off and you walk and you know so it's 
kind of low maintenance like that. Um, and then it's, you know, it, it can be family friendly, although I know there's like, you know, there's specific cruises lines out there to from everything from mm-hmm. age to, you know, newlyweds to couples to gender and, you know, sexual persuasion. I mean, there's all kinds of cruises now yeah, and you can so go many. so many places. But um, yeah, it's fun. Here's my issue. Okay. It's like you said, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah, but... I get, that makes me nervous. But there are places to go. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's swimming pools, there's a spa, there's shopping, there's restaurants. I mean, for me, it feels like Vegas on water without, without slot machines. And then there are cruises that have slot machines. Okay. So, I don't know. It's... I could do without the slots. Yeah, I know. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's great. And then I'm doing a cruise and a, a culinary adventure to Lisbon, Portugal okay. in May. I'm really excited about that. And it's starting a business called Travel with Tanya, um, Travels with Tanya with a travel partner, uh, Mahoney Global mm-hmm. Travel. Um, their mother, it's oh two God. sisters. Their mother was a super regular of mine and she loved to travel. She loved to cruise. She loved to go places mm-hmm. And she passed away a few years ago. And to honor her, they started this travel business. And they they knew how much she loved me. And they said, we'd love to explore, you know, creating this uh, business with you. So, yeah, we're going to do. Wait, that's so incredible. Yeah, so, it's so great. So we're going to do four nights in Lisbon. And then I take a, a Windstar cruise that's through the James Beard Foundation. And mm-hmm. we go from Portugal, from Porto to Spain to France and then to Ireland. Yeah, wow. and I think I'm going to stay Ireland. a little bit longer. I haven't been to Ireland and I I I've always wanted to go, so I think I'm going to stay over there a few nights. Ireland is very Dublin is very cool. Yeah. Um I've only been to Dublin twice. I don't feel like I've really been in the surrounding mountain areas as much as I would like to. Yeah. But like Temple Bar is an institution. It's just like a fun very I wouldn't say it's rowdy, but there's just like everyone's really happy. Like the music is, they play that Irish yeah. music in the back yeah. at bars and stuff. Yeah, they're it's joyful. Just, they're joyful, time. right? They're like, that's what yeah, it's a, um, mm-hmm. from what I know about it, you know, and it's another culture. I mean, it's very, res- they've been through a lot, you know, and, um, you know, they, they resolved, I somehow or leave, as far as I know, from afar, living peacefully with all their differences. Hopefully we can take some lessons from them, you know? Tell me about it. <laughs> them in Switzerland. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> A neutral country. I know. Also, have you been to uh, Copenhagen? No, you I must have not. go. It is like, I mean, talk okay. about also another like very like, like content people, I would say, you know, they're not like as you know, effusive as the Irish or as other people, but they're very content. It's a really peaceful society. The food scene is awesome there. Um, fashion, music. I mean, it's just a cool place. Okay. Yeah. Fashion, Design. food, those are my two top. Yeah, yeah. You got to go. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm adding, I'm curating my travel list for 2024. Yeah. So okay. that's going to make Get it there. Up. And Stockholm, I, I like Stockholm go. as well. Stockholm has a great museum okay. like area they've got so many museums and um you can just like walk okay, from cool. one to one also very like pleasant place to be everyone's great and there's some good restaurants there as well um yeah i, I was able to go um, last year to both places and loved it 
you loved it okay i'm gonna have to, i know um stockholm has good fashion too but i've bought a few dresses that the origin was stockholm a little expensive but yeah. i'm here for it well <laughs> and i think um yeah copenhagen even more so really oh, okay that's really good to know go do you know ghani have you discovered ghani yet g-a-n-n-i no. they have a couple stores in la you need to go okay Oh gosh, my credit card's gonna be like, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, I know. that's my next thing. Well, they have good sales too. So. Oh, okay. We love a sale. We love a sale. Yeah, yeah. I um, I really enjoyed Austria actually, and Budapest too. Oh, I want to go there. Budapest was really, really yeah. cool. Oh, I gotta add that to the list. Yes. Yeah, Budapest. I actually had. I don't really know if it was a burger. I'm a little questionable on that because we oh. went and there weren't like a lot of things open and I ordered a hamburger, but you know, it I, you never know. So it was one of the best burgers <laughs> though I've had and I still think about it sometimes. Oh, wow. I know. I have to look at that. See, that's, that's a good food experience when you still think about what you mm -hmm. ate, right? I, yeah, years pass or months pass. Yeah. Yep. I do that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Let's talk about your most recent cookbook, California Soul, because it's pretty much like a culmination of the years you've been in California. Is it French influence as well? Or. Well, all my cooking is, um, I think, you know, I always bring some of those techniques to recipe development, but uh, it's definitely focused on, you know, the seasonality that we have access to, like, you know, in California and also mm -hmm. just being so close to where so much of the food that we consume in the United States is produced, Right. being close to the source. It's been really inspiring for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to write a story about how to kind of create your own personal like agricultural network, because I feel Ooh. like when not a lot of people know about food sourcing, that's something I talk a lot about on this podcast. And I just, I'm yeah. trying to get closer to like, knowing uh, the farmers that are around knowing the chefs that are around. Yeah, type thing. Yeah. And I just think it might be interesting if like, individuals try to form those connections more like would we mm -hmm. sustainability even more it's something i've been thinking about a lot yeah no and it's important too mm -hmm. it really is yeah. yeah more of us need to know where our food comes from yeah i agree because i was like yeah every time i go to a store i'm just like walking around and i don't really think about anything because it's always just right there you know, we don't really have to right. wait for anything. It's kind of always going to be there. So you don't think about it. I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a short game for you if you're up for it. Okay. It's like, I love games. Okay, cool. It's like a little lightning round. So I'm going to pick five foods or food trends and you're going to tell me if you're for or against them. Okay. All right, cool. First one, putting ranch dressing on everything. Against. I agree strongly. <laughs> Second one, frozen yogurt. I'm against that too. I'm over it. I feel like they all just disappeared one day, all the stores. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
There were a bunch, yeah. All the there was like Peach Wave on the East Coast, and there was I have a yogurt land near me, but I don't see anyone in there. <laughs> it's not it's not the cleanest. <laughs> Well, that's an issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah agreed. Uh, third one, being in California, Erwan Smoothies. I A friend of mine stopped by yesterday, and she had this Erwan cup. I was like, and I just, even before you said that, yeah. I was thinking, like, I wish we had an Erwan up here. We don't have them up here. Oh, really? Because I, I went into it for the first time. I was in L.A., last month and I walked in the store, I was like, oh my God, this place is amazing. Uh I did not get a smoothie. I actually bought canned wine. (laughs) That's all you need. (laughs) I did the opposite. (laughs) I I was going to a friend's house and I wanted to take some wine, Uh but I was so impressed with that place. I was like, I would be in here every day. Are their smoothies amazing? I honestly, I do like the, I wouldn't say amazing. I would say like, they're pretty good and you also the price is hiked up because of the ingredients that they put in it so i i like the Haley beaver smoothie i like like a lot of strawberry smoothies sweeter kind of smoothies okay yeah so that's kind of my vibe but i honestly there's like this rainbow one i've been dying to try that has a ton mm. of different things so i feel like i need to try a variety before i have a solid opinion on it because I will. All right. Well, we're what we are for them. We're gonna say we're for. Okay. It. Yeah. I'm for them because now I have like a craving <laughs> okay. for it after the gym, and I'm like, oh, what yeah. did I do? An eighteen dollar smoothie. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> um. All right. Fourth one. I don't know if this is still something that people use. I feel like people, so many people use this, but air fryers. Do you remember when that was like a big thing? Yeah, I mean, I want to say, I don't know. I'm really on the fence with that because I don't own one. I had to do a cooking demo remotely during COVID, and they wanted me to make a turkey dish in an air fryer. So I bought an air fryer, and then I found out my dad wanted one, so I shipped it to him. Uh, He uses it. He likes it. Um, I didn't have room in my apartment for it, but I did like the end result. I was like, oh. Okay, I get it. It was cool. Right. But so I guess maybe if I had space, I'd be for it. I, you know, I'm not mad at them. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good way of looking at it. All right. Fifth one, frozen food lines by chefs. So a lot. Of well, now. Are they? Yeah, considering, I mean, I was considering one. I was mm-hmm. going to work on a biscuit line and Ooh. it didn't. Yeah, it didn't come to fruition, but doesn't mean it might not. I, yeah, I mean, I I would still love to do some kind of line of food. So I think I'm for that. You know, I haven't tried anyone specifically. Okay. Um, so I'll have to go look, but I'm definitely for that. Okay, yeah, I haven't really tried a ton of them either. I interviewed Andrew Zimmern when he had his come out, and they looked good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I think that's... For people who are proponents of, like, frozen meals, that's probably, like, yeah. good for them. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just, it's really convenient to have mm-hmm. some backup stuff in your freezer, you know? It is convenient. I need to go to the grocery store yeah. right after this, to be honest, because my freezer's bleak. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Okay, my final question for you is something I ask every guest on my podcast. If... 
there is one cooking appliance or utensil that you think everyone should splurge on, what would it be and why? Oh, um, splurge. I, I think for a splurge, looking around my kitchen, trying to think. I mean, the, I'll tell you the ones I use the most. Can I, can I do that? Absolutely, is that okay? yeah. Okay, think. So I have like the miniature food processor. You know, the one that holds like oh, maybe yeah. a quart. Yeah, I think those are like essential. Like when I want to chop garlic, make a pesto, make a salad dressing. Oh. It's like so easy. They go in the, it goes in the dishwasher. Doesn't take up a lot of room in the cabinet. I think that's great. Um, you know, the little immersion blenders can be good if you make a lot of soups or, you know, smoothies. You don't want to pull out the big blender. Mm -hmm. But I would say that miniature food processor is, yeah, probably my most valuable. And it's not that expensive. I mean, I say splurge, but it's probably around 40 bucks, I think. Okay, okay. I'm going to have to yeah. add that to my list. I don't, This will come yeah. out after Christmas, so I can say it. I bought my dad an emergent blender for Christmas because he's been wanting one. Okay. So he oh, loves yeah. soups nice. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I got one for him there. So oh, great. I'm, I want to get one for myself, though. I'm yeah, you that. should. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, though. This was really, really fun. Love the conversation. Thank you for having me. Of course. You can follow Tanya Holland on Instagram at Miss Tanya Holland or purchase her book, California Soul, on Amazon now. Ms. Tanya Holland, MS. Yes. Just so people Did I know. Say yes. Oh. It sounded like you said it sounded like you said Miss. Okay. Miss. At Miss Not Tanya Ms. Holland. <laughs> no R. It's in all it. good. <laughs> right. No R. Nope. Nope. Not at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> It'll probably be good. a while. <laughs> Hey, fellow foodies, thanks so much for listening, and don't forget to leave me a review. While you're at it, make sure to follow me at Livin' for Food Pod on Instagram or TikTok, or email me at livinforfoodpod at gmail.com. Let me know what you're cooking up this week, which guests you would like to see on the podcast, or tell me your opinions on the latest viral food trend. And in case you're just joining me, there is an entirety of season one ready and waiting for you. Until next time. <laughs>